Check your panties. Aging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I'm having chest pain. So sit down, shut the fuck up, take your cock out of your hand, and listen. Joey Valentine. Hey everybody and welcome to Fat Guy Loves Cake. I am Joey Valentine. It is August the 22nd, 2022. I am so happy to have you here because I have a very, very special human being to me and will be soon to all of you that I have been just trying to get on the show for so long. He's finally here. Please give it up for my main man, Mr. Aaron Vandergriff. How are you doing tonight, Aaron? I'm doing quite well. Thank you, Joey. Coming into us uh, all the way from ATX, Austin, Texas. He had to go there and be weird. He, I know, I, I know you, you, you're like super conservative and you like to pretend like you're liberal. That's why you live in Austin, right? You got the mustache and the, the Pat's blue ribbon and the greased up hair, pomade thing going on. My hatred for liberals and conservatives are equal. So yeah, I, I initially uh, when I was talking to AA Ron about uh, he kept bugging me like do a punk rock show do a punk rock show and i thought oh man who am i going to get on my show who better to get on the show because he like you're you're really really well versed in the punk rock culture and he is as well except he's an elitist so he gets on my nerves like he corrects every fucking thing i say and not because he's experienced it but because he's read it whereas you and i have been in the trenches (laughs) so i thought if i was going to talk about that uh, we, I'd have to have you on, but I, before we talk about punk rock, I wanted to actually go back and let everybody know our history together. And, uh, I thought it was a really cool story. So, um, yeah, please share. That's a good one. Aaron and I got drafted onto the same hockey team, the exact same draft. And we both, uh, happened to be, I can't remember. I know, I know we rode to the, the, the center, the training center where we went and had our first practice together. And. Uh, I don't I don't know how we ended up getting our, each other's number, but I remember that night we were driving out to, uh, where were we heading to? It was Arlington, Texas. Arlington, okay. So we were heading out to Arlington, and we both literally had found out that we were, that our wives were pregnant the same freaking night on the way to the very first occupants, right? Isn't that how that played out? That's exactly right. I think it was our first away game. I could be wrong. I think we had one other game, but that's where we exchanged numbers. And then we had an away game in Arlington. Ah, Shit. I don't remember the name of the team. I remember it was two fellas that ran the team that were pretty peculiar. And uh, yeah, it was in the locker room. We shared that information about both becoming dads because both of us couldn't wait to be like, no, 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 no. You go first because mine's going to be way better than yours. No, 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 no. Yours isn't going to be better than mine. You go first. And holy That's shit, right. it's the same thing. That's right. That's fucking awesome, man. What a strange coincidence. Uh, so, yeah. So, Aaron and I, we eventually ended up playing and, and uh, many seasons together before he left Dallas and to go to Austin. And uh, I missed the shit out of him. I missed the shit out of him every fucking day. And I remember, that. man, he was, you were the man, dude. Like the first time, like the first season we played, you got suspended for leaving the bench. <laughs> remember that? First of many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had like the stupidest fucking reason to get suspended from hockey because 
uh, that one kid had hit me into the boards and I went to, I, st- I had him on the ground and I started punching him. And I think it was you and Kevin Ham left the bench and both y'all got suspended. And that was like the, the one bench clearing brawl that our team had. But yeah, so Aaron, I don't know what else to say, but Aaron and I go way back and he's like blood to me. So let me ask you this. So I don't do all the talking here. Uh, tell me about how you got into punk rock music. Like what, cause I know when it happened for me, you know, yeah, man. So I think it's like a lot of us probably have pretty similar stories with this, man. Uh, young adolescent, beginning of my teenage years, you know, kind of feeling like you didn't quite fit in with this crowd or that crowd. But y- you had some similarities with a lot of different crowds. And, um, you know, for, for me, it was I got into skateboarding back in my I don't know seventh, eighth grade years. I really started to get into that culture where, you know, basically thrasher magazine was the bible to me and you know back then this was probably early 90s like 90 91 92 and um thrasher magazine would always have like you know bands to recommend or you would go watch a skate video like you know back in the day pal perolta and santa cruz were both doing like lots of skate video comps and like whatever soundtrack they had on there that's what i was like engulfed in and it just so happened to be it was the punk rock scene was being played on there do you remember the very first track like that you knew was punk rock that turned you yeah man and actually i I have a tattoo of this band to to kind of memorize it man but it it was uh the descendants that was the band (laughs) that got me into punk rock like it was uh a song called coolidge and the opening line to that song is i'm not a cool guy anymore as if i ever was before Wait, are you telling me this story because you're making fun of me? Because that's my story. No, dude, I I swear to God. That's the truth. I've never asked you that question, have I? No, you haven't. It's tattooed on my leg. That's the same fucking story that I was about to tell when you were done. (laughs) Dude, I swear to God, that's crazy. Wow. Okay, because let me tell you how I got into Coolidge. Well, I had heard punk rock before, but I didn't know what it was. But originally someone this cat aj that lived on my street he had given me you remember back when cassettes had singles you had an a side b side single yeah you know okay so i had this cassette that came in a cardboard cover it was dri and the song was uh suit and tie guy Mm -hmm. and i had it for a long time but that to me that still doesn't really define punk that could be metal but or thrash or whatever it was crossover yeah but there was there was this video that came out in the 80s called thrashing i mean uh not thrashing that's the movie with josh brolin there was a video that came out called psycho skate oh and it had uh tony yeah. Hunt. You, you know it's on youtube yeah. i shit you yes. not man you want to fucking watch that and have it blow your mind still fantastic it's got hawk a soy gator before he was in prison all kinds of shit that one of the most epic scenes in that video starts off with coolidge and that was like the moment i feel like i turned punk rock once i found out who that was i was like that's how I want my music to always sound. And uh, man, and they have not disappointed. I could still fucking rock the Descendants and just love every second of it. Oh, to this day, still one of the most influential bands in my life. Okay, so now I, I went through a phase and once once I got uh, past the 80s and I started getting into like new school punk rock, like no effects was starting to come up. I went through a phase where I was like just crusty, you know, and I was such a fucking poser, you know, like I pretended to live on the streets and i had spikes on everything and i just had to get it all out of my system before i could really wear my stripes i'm glad you Um, did 
<laughs> but do you remember in the in the 90s when Green Day came out with Dookie? Yeah. It, it was like, I don't know. I wanted to ask you what you thought about that because back then, it doesn't bother me now, but back then it bugged the shit out of me because people would be like, what do you listen to? And I'd be like, punk rock. And they go, oh, Green Day? And that used to infuriate me because I loved Green Day because once upon a time, Green Day was a legit fucking pop punk band out of Berkeley, you know, 39 Smooth, Kerplunk, because pop punk has become like the standard for alternative now. Yeah, it, it has. I think it's it's come and it went and it's come back again. It's it's had a few different generational cycles there. Um, back to the Descendants, you know, Descendants came out in that early 80 hardcore scene in L.A. And back, I guess, you know, Circle Jerks, Black Flag, bands like that. And it was these dudes singing about love, like these love songs over these like kind of pop melodies just really sped up. And I think Green Day just kind of built on that a little bit. Um, Dookie didn't bother me at all. It was a it was a fun record, but I don't yeah. I don't think it bothered me as much. I, I mean, well, again, I had the elitist attitude back then. So in my opinion, it was like. It, and it's you know what there's a perfect song what is it Lagwagon sings uh, know it all you know the song know it all know it all because but like, yeah. he's talking about a guy who won't listen to a band because they actually started to make money for a living by playing their music and that's exactly that how i used to fucking be you know like oh well if everybody's listening to them well then fuck them you know they sold out and it's like no dude you can't play in a band and keep your fucking punk rock pride and eat ramen noodles and sleep in a fucking alley, you know, like and expect to live a real life. You your bills to pay and shit to take care of. And it's not selling out. It's fucking making money to live. Yeah, and I've always, it, that's always kind of, I've, it's always had a little bit of a conflict with me and that whole thing. Yeah. Because I mean, you should be happy that these guys are getting to do what they love and, and making money. Is it, is it like, I asked myself that because I had thought about that about some bands as well. Like, is it a place of jealousy? Am I jealous that they're actually doing what they love and making money? Am I hating it just because I hear the other guys say they're hating it? It took me a while to get over that. It really did. And like, I mean, I, I still really like Green Days. Uh, like, at least their Dookie era stuff. I mean, their newer stuff's not necessarily my cup of tea, but. You know, like I said, back then, man, I was like, well, if they're on MTV, they're not punk rock. Man, that was such an immature attitude of me to have. Yeah, but you look at bands you like, like Bad Religion, okay? Bad Religion never Perfect. changed the way they fucking sounded. Perfect. Nope. They, they changed labels. They got on major labels. You know, that there's a really cool documentary out. Um, it, it's called 1994, The Year Punk Rock Broke. And it's about the year 1994. There's, a, you know, an old school generation of punk and a new school generation of punk. And I think we're kind of in that middle school that kind of benefits from both. At least I am because I'm still pretty immersed into like the, the newer stuff. But um you think about the year 1994, how many bands like really broke out? I mean, you had Offspring come out with Smash. You had um, NoFX dropped um, uh, Punk and Drublik. Punk and Drublik. Which, which, which is hands down their best album in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Still to this day. Face to Face signed to a major label that year as well. That was an awesome fucking album. That yeah, face to face self titled on AM. Album, you know, and then who else? Uh, Jawbreaker took all kinds of shit. The, Technically, it was 95 for releasing Dear You. But if you really go back and think about it, it's probably their best album, too. You know, so many people were just it wasn't cool anymore to be making it big back then. And so many bands were riding that well, that coattail of um, 
the grunge scene, you know, like what was going to be the next big thing because the grunge scene broke obviously a few years earlier and then record labels were just trying to cash in and it just happened to be the punk rock scene and some of the bands played their cards. I think I came to terms with the whole switch, you know, because I had been so used to bands being like, you could go see sloppy seconds at Fitzgerald's and there'd be 50 people and you could hang out with the band afterwards. And to me, that was punk rock. You know, they got gas money. They got a little bit of food. They got a little bit of money to move on to the next town. And I felt that that was the way all punk rock bands had to live. That's not fair. Then the breakout 1994 absolutely is the year that that happened. I remember it. It was like just a huge explosion and punk rock was like a thing. It was a, it was a household word. Yeah, uh, not just not just some extra in a police academy movie, you know, with a fucking mohawk. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then I, I, I guess I came to terms with it because you had so many bands getting big that weren't calling themselves punk; they were just punk influenced. And you had Blink One Eighty Two get massive, and yeah. they never once were like we're a punk band, you know. But you could hear every fucking band they'd ever listened to in their music. Man, I'll, I'll put it, I'll I'll put Dude Ranch up there as one of the better pop punk albums in the last twenty five years. Oh, sick fucking album! That yep. album's great. I have no problem out there telling you, Elitist. If you even have like punk rock fans listening to you, man, <laughs> I don't know. I have no problem saying that. No, I'm a closeted Blink fan. No, I'm not a closeted Blink fan. I'm a huge Blink fan. I've never tried to hide that. I just, yeah. you know, I I would never uh, up until now. I would have never told you that. <laughs> what did I tell you the other day? I admitted that I was listening to a, a Machine Gun Kelly song and I could feel your contempt through the phone. You can see my contempt right now through the computer, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was Machine Gun Kelly. I put Spotify on. I put the next alt channel on and it fucking came on. And I was like, cool, man. Pop punk. Sounds good. Good lyrics. I'm digging it. And then I saw it was Machine Gun Kelly. And I was like, oh, man, I was just as disappointed because I've seen this guy. I've never fucking heard anything he's ever done until then. But I've seen him. His fucking face is everywhere. He's a hideous he's rap battle on Eminem. Then he's like a pop yeah. punk guy. Yeah, I'd, then I'd seen the rap thing. I'd seen that. Okay, and then I saw him in the new Jackass movie. And I still hadn't heard any of his music. And then I heard that song. And I found out it was him. And I was like, well, I am so fucking torn now. Like, you know. <laughs> You're right. I'll never forget when you told me you liked Blue October. I still love Blue October, but that's not a punk band. I know we're getting. But you don't like, you don't like any bands that aren't punk. <laughs> you are oh, still yeah. an elitist. <laughs> I listen to a lot of non-punk rock stuff. I assure you that I was a fucking hipster guy. still at heart, dude. I'm way too old to be a hipster. Is that scene still going on in Austin? Man, dude, Joey, I fucking work six days a week, and I come home and I cook dinner and go to bed. Me going out is like going to like a chain restaurant. I have no idea what's going on in the city anymore. That's for our listeners who don't know, which you all don't know this, but uh, Aaron used to be like the man, the bartender of Austin, the granddaddy master of everything. You had uh, you had that huge scene at uh, Speakeasy. You were running the wheel. I know there's been another place. I just can't remember it. What was that one that I came to Austin with uh, my ex-girlfriend and you got me fucking tanked? Oh, oh yeah, that was that, that was the the Star Bar. Yeah. That smorgasbord of different colored beers. Yeah, that was me. Uh, yeah, that was that was Star Bar, man. So anyway, Aaron, the bartender here. Yeah, I remember when I used to come and visit you more often, which is at all because I don't now. I'm working on it. But the last time I came to Austin, there was a lot of uh, I don't know how to describe them, but like lumberjacks. The perfect beard with the slicked hair. 
the glasses, the flannel shirt. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, there's there's lots of them. And now it's kind of like the um now everyone looks like an extra in Days and Confused. Oh, so we've gone back to the 70s. Everyone Yeah, long greasy hair, t-shirts, mustaches. I don't know, man. Austin's such a fucking such a place, dude. Like it, the Hollywood of Texas. And it, it's it's even changed so much. It's becoming the tech bro capital of the world now. It, it's it's not even what it was just five, six years ago. It's said not, not not the cool place anymore. It's it's gotta be something that you're into to enjoy it, in my opinion. Like it's a cool place to visit, go tubing. I remember I used to love going to Einstein's, but I'm sure that's long gone. Um oh you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone, man. Okay, and I, I'm going to go back to 1994, but when during that time, you'd already been introduced to the, the Descendants. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about all those um, Epitaph bands getting big? I mean, was were, was that okay? Was was it okay that the Offspring got so commercial? Yeah, I'm I'm happy. Like I said, man, anybody can make money doing what they love, and they have success doing that. I'm I'm more than okay with that, man. I'm not going to hate on anyone for that unless I hate their music. Then I'll hate on them for their music, not their success. (laughs) You know, the offspring is a band that I was really never that big into. I respect them. Like their first couple bands, smash their first albums, smash and ignite were both pretty thrashy. And I I dug them, but I just didn't really, yeah. Who else, man? I mean, obviously back then, no effects was on epitaph, which is really weird because fat Mike, owned his own record label back then and still to this day. And he was on a different label. Um, that's another band. I'll tell you right now. I like punk and Drublick. I think it's a great record. I'm not as huge. No effects fan at all. I, I've gone as far as say, I think fat Mike is the Kanye West of punk rock. <laughs> yeah, that's, you could not have said that any fucking better. If anybody actually knows who fat Mike is from experience, uh, whether his music or his fucking attitude, they would get that. He is so the Kanye West of punk rock music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's some other bands like, like back then, like um, that have evolved a little bit, like Propagandi um, were on, actually they were on fat back then, but you know, I really dig a lot of their new stuff. Um, like strung out's been on that label for a long time. I remember when, when bad religion had a, had their first hit, I think it was 21st century digital boy. And then offspring had come out and play. And it was Epitaph was getting all this attention. So people were, when they were buying into the whole punk rock image, they started buying stuff on there and I re- on, on that label. And I remember there was some bands on there that I just absolutely fucking hated. And I can't think of it right now. Oh, Total Chaos. Yeah, another one of those shitty bands where everyone had a mohawk. Biggest fucking bunch of posers. Dude, their whole fucking, even Rancid had, has, has been fucking guilty of that shit, man. You want to talk yeah. about some fucking posing. I man, I went and saw Rancid a few years ago. I say probably about seven, eight years ago. Uh, man, dude, nah, I, I not not. I don't like Rancid, man. I saw really? Rancid in 1995 with the Luna Chicks at uh, Numbers, and what's his name? Not Tim, but the other guy that sings Lars. Uh, okay, he, Lars is like hanging out backstage, and his fucking hawk is all down, and, and then like 20 minutes later, he comes out. It's perfectly fucking glued up. Got no, you gotta man. love that dude. But, but but here's what I'll say about Rancid. Operation Ivy self-titled album is probably to this day still one of the singular best albums that ever came out in the punk rock world, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I love me some Operation Ivy, but 
man, when that band ceased to exist and they morphed into Rancid, I got behind their first couple albums and I just couldn't do it anymore. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed me having Mr. Aaron on here. As I said, longtime friend, longtime brother. I love him very, very much. Hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about punk rock music and whatnot. And Aaron, anything you'd like to say before you go? Thanks for having me on the show. I love butt stuff. I'm very sad that we did not talk about putting anything in my butt. Showcase, we're winning when you blink in chocolate moments. Last year we